1: Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life Obstacles. This is Jerry McGee um, coming to you. And today is March the 19th, 2019. Anyway, but let me pray. We're going to have a teaching here and then uh, I'll tell you a little bit about the ministry, how you can write us or contact us. In fact, I'll just tell you now, you can write us at Post Office Box 1141, Lindale, Texas, and you can email me at McGee at sbcglobal.net. That's G E R I M C G H E E at sbcglobal.net. My website is jerrymagee.com, all lowercase, G E R I M C G H E E.com. You can get information, books that we have to offer. And our schedule and just a lot of stuff i'll tell you about later father we just come before your throne and we thank you for the opportunity to speak your word father we ask in jesus name that you'll be glorified in my life in dorothy's life and the lives of every person who hears this message lord father in jesus name we thank you for the blood of Jesus that was shed at Calvary that we might overcome. We thank you that we've been raised to sit with you in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. And we bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. We bind you in the heavenly places. And on this earth, we forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us or anyone who listens to this message in jesus name we bind and break every word of death word of iniquity curse assignment satanic ritual spoken over us to boomerang back on the enemy seven times over unbroken and in full force in jesus name so that they will fear god turn away from evil in jesus name lord we just thank you for the blood of jesus thank you for the word of god that's forever settled in heaven that you watch over your word to perform it The leaf withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. And, Lord, tonight I ask that you, by your grace, will allow me to be a tree of life to each of these that are listening in. In Jesus' name, I pray for every life to be changed, to be closer to you, to be encouraged, nourished, refreshed, renewed. Uh, In Jesus' name, we bless you, Lord. Lord, I pray for rivers of living water to come forth. For my innermost being in Jesus' name. Well, tonight's message is the spiritual garden of the heart, and your heart is your spiritual garden. In some places, it's referred to as, uh, the, as the treasure of a man's heart. 1 Corinthians 3 9 says, You're a building, your house, your field. Uh, Mark 4, Luke 8, Matthew 13 says, your soil. You know, the parable of the sower the sower goes out and he sows the word of God. Did you know that you and I are sowing every day of our life? We're sowing either good or evil. But in the parable of the sower, the sower goes out and he's sowing the word of God. And the, some of the seeds fall beside the road and the birds come. And later on, Jesus tells us in that parable that the birds are Satan or the demons that steal the word when we don't believe the word. And the second type of soil is Uh, soil that is sown among the thorns where the worries and cares and pleasures of this world uh, choke it out. Now, this soil receives the word, but he lets other things choke out the word of God. And the third soil is the seed of the word of God that's sown on hard ground. And the minute the sun hits it, which represents our circumstances, it uh, falls away and it doesn't produce any fruit. So the soil one, two, three doesn't produce fruit. But soil four produces fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. And that's the soil that's been plowed up. It's the soil that's that good, fertile soil. You know, I used to live in East Texas, and if you've ever been down – I'm sorry, I live in East Texas now. I used to live in South Texas, and if you've ever been down there in the springtime, you'll see fields and fields of blue bonnets and flocks and, and Indian paints. It's just breathtakingly beautiful. And I used to live in that town, in a little town called Lavernia, Texas. And anything you plant in that soil will grow. And so in the parable of the sower, all three of the first soils receive the seed of God's word. They're people that receive Jesus as Savior. Uh, but the first the first soil is a picture of a person that uh, just, you know, I don't believe any of the, what the word of God says. And so he falls away. The second soil is... The seed that's sown among thorns Where the worries and cares And pleasures and desire for other things Choke out the word so it's not fruitful The third soil is sown on hard ground And when I moved out here Into East Texas I planted probably Goodness, probably 10 pounds Of wildflower seeds And I just threw them out And of course the birds ate them And carried them along I-20 And I would drive along the interstate And I would see Uh, All these beautiful flowers that were planted that came from my yard. I mean, from my property. And one year, um, you know, when you plant something on hard ground, um, it it may it will it may come up, but because of the sun, if it doesn't have deep roots, the minute the sun hits it, it wilts. And if it's in your yard and you go out there and you water it, will it perk back up? And the minute the next day you go out there, if you don't keep uh, putting water on it the sun will eventually kill it but if you go out there and dig around it and and um, put some more dirt around it then it will produce and so i would just throw the seeds out and of course the birds would take the seeds and and take them someplace else off this property but um and so they i really didn't have much fruit from those seeds but one year we plowed up about a couple of acres and planted wildflower seeds. And, oh, my goodness, it was just beautiful. And so, it's, it's, so it is with the soil of our heart, it, that, uh, which is ground that's been laid up, become hard and laid up. And God tells us to break it up, plow it up through repentance. But uh, Matthew 13, Luke 8, and Mark 4 says that we're soil. Now, Jesus also said in this parable, that um that if you can understand this parable you can understand all the parables in the word of god now soil one soil two soil three they don't go to heaven they receive the seed of the word they receive maybe receive jesus but they don't be saved because they don't produce fruit john 15 says if you don't produce fruit you're cut off as a branch and thrown in the fire it says in John 15, bear fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Uh, he gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey him. Says it also in, um, I believe it's in Hebrews 5, 9, that says that he, that, um, I just I just read that this morning. But also it says to those that obey him. Now, we don't obey to be saved, but because we are born again, we obey. And if we, there's an area we're not obeying in, um We are going to keep on working on it if we really are born again believers to overcome that negative thing in our life. And so according to Matthew 13, Luke 8, Matthew chapter 4, uh, only the good soil that's been uh, plowed up through repentance will produce the fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. Isaiah 5 says that we are the vineyard of the Lord of hosts. And in that passage, it says if we don't produce fruit, he removes the hedge. We become trampled around, and, um, and he says that he will remove the hedge, and there'll be a cry of distress, which is where we get the word stress. If you go to the doctor, he'll tell you sometimes if he's looking for something, he may say, it, can't find any reason for it, that it's stress-related. But it's because the hedge has been removed in some areas of our life. So your heart is your conscience, and within that is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Uh, and many of you that have heard me teach about the spiritual garden of the heart uh, know that I teach that, that there are things that have been planted in our garden. And if you've ever had a real garden, you have care of the good plants, but you don't have to take care of the weeds. In other words, the, the weeds will choke out the good plants. So if you don't take care of the good plants, the weeds will choke it out and you don't have to take care of the weeds because they take care of themselves, but you have to you have to continually be working your spiritual garden uh, to get rid of the, the thorns and thistles and the things that have been planted in our life that are not pleasing to God. And all of us have things that have been planted in our life that are not good and they produce the fruit of it. And so in the, um, I had another thought about the parable of the sword. So Lord bring that back to my mind. Anyway, I'll say it when he brings it back to my mind if it's important. In Matthew twelve, thirty five, it calls your heart your treasure. It says the good man brings out of his good treasure what is good, and the evil man brings out of his evil treasure what is evil. The good man out of his and in Luke 6 uh, 45 says the good man out of the his good treasure the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth what's evil for his mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart now you may say well because I'm a believer I'm not evil but let me tell you believers can speak some pretty evil things and uh, in Matthew chapter 18. Jesus calls the believer uh, evil because he won't forgive. In fact, there's another place that, where Jesus said, if you don't forgive, he won't forgive you. And so our hearts are our spiritual garden, And in our spiritual gardens, it contains everything that's ever uh, been planted in our lives through uh, generational iniquities of the forefathers through the things that are, that, that happened to us in the womb, the things we hear, the things that are spoken over us. Um, it contains everything that's, that every sin that you've ever committed, good and bad things. It contains uh, the good things that your forefathers impart to you, but it also contains the bad things that have been parted, imparted to you. It, basically, it contains every, every... If you haven't confessed your sin... With stored within your heart is everything you've ever done, everything that's been done to you, things that have been done to you that you haven't forgiven, um, things you've done to others that you haven't repented of, sins you've committed, and things that have been uh, committed against you that you haven't forgiven. And so one only needs to look at the fruit to determine uh, what the root is. I know what I was going to tell you about the parable of the sore. The in uh, where it says that the seed is sown among hard ground, it says when the sun hits it, it it um, falls away or it wilts. And basically, it says because of the um, let's see, what trying. It says because of, in other words, a person they receive. It says they receive the word with joy, but the minute the circumstances of life hit. They fall away, and it says because of the persecution of the Word. For example, a person might re, would receive Jesus as Savior. He receives with joy, but he goes through things, and then he learns that he has to die to his flesh and forgive, and he says, no, I'm not going to forgive. The Word persecutes him, and he falls away. And so uh, soil three is because of the circumstances of life. He falls away because he don't want to walk in repentance. He wants to walk out of the flesh and ask people that want to live after the flesh, but it's only those that produce fruit that will go to heaven. It says one needs to look, you know, you just need to look at the, the fruit of a person's life to determine what the root is. For example, if corn is produced in your garden, you know that you planted a corn seed. Uh, God's righteous law of sowing and reaping says That you get more than you plant Later than you plant And the same thing that you plant So you can determine what's been planted by By the fruit that it bears Or the fruit it produces And going back to producing good fruit If you don't produce good fruit Jesus said that he cuts you off In John 15 as a branch But if you produce good fruit He prunes you and if God's not pruning you now so that you can produce more fruit, you need to check out, do you really know the Lord? Because the Bible says God disciplines every son whom he loves. Uh, he does that because he loves us and he corrects us. Isaiah 5 says that if you don't produce fruit, he don't prune you, he don't hoe you, he removes the head, you become trampled ground and you become consumed by the enemy. And instead of uh, righteousness, it's a cry of distress. Because he removed the hedge, can you imagine a garden that that uh, has the the wall around it broken down? All the wild animals can eat it, which is a type and shadow of the powers of darkness. Hosea, uh, in Hosea, God tells us to break up the fallow ground, and it says that Ephraim is a trained heifer, and Ephraim is another word for the church that loves to thresh. That that word thresh in the Hebrew means loves to. He loves to pat his garden down Tramp it down Make it harder he just He's a picture of a person that hardens their heart Instead of softens their heart You know what it means to delight in the Lord It means to make your heart soft Tender and pliable But Ephraim Makes his heart harder You know in Hebrews 3 it says Today when you hear God's voice Don't harden your heart And so if we, if we don't listen to God Our hearts become hard It says he's going to come over Ephraim's neck with a yoke. And, of course, that's not the yoke of Jesus. That's the yoke of iron. Jesus gives us an invitation in Matthew 11 where he says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble, and you shall find rest for your soul, for my burden is light and my load is easy. So if your life is not... If, if the burdens of your life are not easy and light, you've got the wrong yoke on your neck. Now, we all have to go through trials, every one of us. But the difference would be, for example, if you've ever walked when, it, when the wind is blowing so strong that you're pushing against the wind and it's just so hard to walk because the wind's about to blow you backwards, well, it's the difference between that or just turning around and letting the wind blow to you to the back. We go through things, but God's grace is sufficient. He won't put more on us than we can take. And whatever we go through, he allows us to go through these things that he might conform us into his image. And so we all have struggles. The scripture says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us from them all. And God says, I will harness Ephraim. And then it says Judah, and of course the word Judah means praise. Uh, will plow he's going to plow up that garden and Jacob will harrow it for himself means that Jacob will break will break up the clods and level it and so Judah and Jacob are doing good but Ephraim tramped his garden harder and it tells us in Hosea 10:12 that we're to sow with a view to righteousness and so that we can reap in accordance with kindness what that means is whatever you sow every day by the things you do, the things you say, sow with a with a mindset that it's going to produce righteousness and not produce evil. He says, break up your fallow ground. In other words, plow it up through repentance for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes to rain righteousness on you. Now in Isaiah 5, he says, God's not going to, Cause the rain to rain any Rain on you so you need rain To produce good crops Rain's the type of the Holy Spirit Verse 13 you have Plowed wickedness you have Reaped injustice you've eaten the fruit Of lies because you Have trusted in your way In your numerous w- warriors And so every day Of our life we we're, we're, we're go about We're sowing either good or evil And even from the time we're in the womb, even generational, things that come down generational, the sowing that came down generationally because your forefathers didn't take accountability for their sin. And it just passes on because the sins of the fathers pass on to the children, to the third and fourth generation. And every day it'll loop another day if we don't uh, take accountability for it. And, uh... And we sow through the evil words that we've spoken, or the words that have been so sown uh, spoken over us, in negative fruit. That's why we should all, always speak the word of God over our soil, because God's word will not return void. If we don't speak God's word, we're speaking the devil's word, and Satan's word won't return void. When you speak blessings, the grace of God is uh, drawn to, is. Uh, extended toward a person to carry out what you bless, and if you curse, um, then the the demons draw evil to that particular person to carry out what you've cursed. And of course, we sow uh, when others hurt us and we don't forgive, or when we hurt when we hurt others and we don't repent. And every time we do not forgive, um, we we're, we're sowing. We put other people in spiritual prisons and we put ourselves in a prison. And the scripture says in, in uh, Matthew 5 that when we're angry, uh, we go in a spiritual prison and we're not going to come out of there to repay up the last cent. Every time we let the sun go down on our anger, we're sowing. Uh, the words that were spoken over you when you were um, a child or even at birth set on fire the course of your life. And those things have to be canceled. And your thoughts, the words you speak, uh, that you lust after, has been stored or planted in your heart. Proverbs eleven eighteen says, The wicked um, earn deceptive wages, but he who sows righteousness gets a true reward. Proverbs 22, verse 8 says, He who sows iniquity will also reap vanity and the rod of his fury will perish. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, Now this I say to you, whoever sows sparingly will sow also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. In other words, the more sin you commit, the more you're going... And now, this is really referring to giving, but it's, it, but it's the same principle of the law of sowing and reaping. You get more, you get the same thing, you get later than you plant, and you get the same thing that you plant and so, um, if you sow a little sin, you're gonna reap uh less, or if you give, and this has to do with your giving um you know, I didn't used to be a giver, but God, in my later years, is making me to be a giver, and I realize every time I give, I expect i i I don't do it too receive a blessing but i can expect blessings every time i give especially you know god says he loves a cheerful or a hilarious giver i thank god that he's making me one of those and he's still not through with me galatians 6 7 says do not be deceived god is not mocked for whatever a man sows this he will also reap the one who sows to his own flesh from from the flesh will reap corruption but the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Proverbs 12:14 says a man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his words and the deeds of a man's hands will return to him. So whatever we do, good or bad, it's going to return to us. And, you know, that's why that's how we can forgive. God's vengeance is mine. I will I will repay. And so that's how he repays the law of sowing and reaping. You know, we can put somebody in God's courtroom and forgive them, which is a it's a choice. It's not an emotion. Uh, knowing that the, that whatever anybody does to you, when you forgive them, God, that's gonna same thing they do to you is gonna come back on them seven times over, more later, and the same thing. You know, you plant you plant a grain of corn, for example, and you get one stalk of corn with bunches of ears of corn, with hundreds of kernels of corn. So the law of sowing and reaping is God's righteous law, and it's irrefutable, immutable, and it's unchanging. And it's just as real, whether we believe it or not, as the law of sowing. The law of gravity says what goes up comes down. And you say, well, I don't believe in the law of gravity. Well, go jump off a two-story building and see if you didn't, you'll be... Uh, that if you live through that It'll be a miracle Matthew fifteen eleven Says it is not What enters into the man's mouth That defiles the man But what proceeds from his mouth This defiles the man Then the disciples came and said To him do you Know that the Pharisees were Offended when we When they heard this Statement Verse 13 but he answered and said, "Every plant which my father does not plant will be uprooted but and now matthew fifteen eighteen says, But the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart or your treasure, and those defile the man for out of the uh, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murders, uh, adulteries, fornications, theft, false witness, slanders. So what are you thinking about? Those evil thoughts back to their source Find out how they got planted there In your spiritual garden And so when you have evil thoughts That's a thought that doesn't line up with the word of God It's coming out of the heart And you need to find out how that thought got there So pay attention to what you think Because God tells you to take your thoughts captive And also pay attention to what comes out of your mouth Because something was planted back in your spiritual garden. Uh, as a child generationally or even when you were in the womb verse 20 these are the things which defile the man but to eat with unclean hands does not defile the man and you say oops i didn't mean to say that well yes you did because you can say i didn't mean it i was just kidding but but that's not true because uh actually it's coming from your heart um there's a scripture in Proverbs that says, like throwing around death, firebrands, and death, like, um, I'm not quoting it exactly, but it's like throwing firebrands and death is the man who deceives his neighbor by saying, I was just kidding. And of course, that's not true when we say we're just kidding because what comes out of our mouth comes from our heart. Present problems you're going through is the fruit. What's coming out of your life? Is it perversion? Is it anger? Is it bitterness? Is it lust? Is it sexual addictions? Is it pornography? Is it hatred? Is it variance? Is it strife? Is it witchcraft? Look at the fruit, and and then you need to trace the fruit back to what kind of seed was planted. You know, the word of God is seed, but words are seed. Did you know that most people get most of their demonic strongholds by watching uh, television, by watching movies, by watching um, through the Internet. These people have an agenda. I mean, if you have to watch movies, you need to watch, you know, some of the old ones of like John Wayne movies or some of these old movies because they're not as evil as what's going on today. The movies that go on today are brainwashing God's people. And so don't be subjecting yourself to the witchcraft, to the lust, to the perversion, to the pornography that comes across the screen. And now we're discovering that many, many of these Hollywood characters are actually pedophiles and Satanists. And so Satan has an agenda to destroy your mind and my mind and and they want to pl- they're planting seeds, but they're not the seeds of God's word. And I'm sure there needs to be some repentance here in this area. Um and since it's the truth that sets us free, according to John 8:32, we have to ask God who, how, where, when, and what happened to me that this, got, this negativity got planted in my life. And so, for example, if lust is being manifested in your life, then that tells me that possibly you were even molested or your daddy was lustful, or you got, to, you looked at pornography or something when you were a little child or your dad or mother were involved in that. You know, my son who died of AIDS in 1989, he said, I said, son, what brother got a hold of you? And he said, no, mom, it was me. He said, I saw a pornographic picture at a neighbor's house. Cause we never had it in our house. But he said, I saw a pornographic picture at a neighbor's house. And he said, I would look in the window and I would look in their trash can and I'd try to find that picture. He said, Mama, from the minute I looked at that picture and it wasn't even a homosexual picture, but it was a picture of an orgy. He said, Mom, the minute I looked at that picture, I was driven toward the sin of the minute that I saw that picture. Now, he had the generational curses of homosexuality because his daddy's brother was a homosexual and his mother's Brother was a homosexual So he had a great uncle And he also had um, uh, An uncle that were homosexuals Plus cousins So that was a generational curse That came down the bloodline So we have to ask God What's been planted And how did it get there If it's negative And you know when we It tells us in Jeremiah 1 To pull down uproot, pluck out And then plant and rebuild And so how, when you pull out something, you get rid of some negative plant in your life or something that's manifesting bad fruit, you need to replace it with something good. And that's the word of God. What's planted in the heart, it's either through the generational iniquities of the forefathers, through things that that have happened to you, things that's been planted in your life, things you've done, things that others have done to you. When you let the sun go down on your anger and you didn't forgive them by sundown. and You know, I have many people call me for counsel and I just listen to what they say because what they say tells me what's down in their heart that needs to get fixed. You know, your problems you go through is the next thing that God wants to heal. And what's really, what's really telling is childhood they had. Most people are reliving today in the present their childhood. What we have to overcome now are things that we didn't overcome when we were children. And uh, a few years ago, and I have this happen all the time, but I remember uh, a lady emailed me or wrote me a letter and she said, you know, my marriage is on the rocks. My husband doesn't love me. He gives me no love. He don't want me touching him. And I don't necessarily want the sex. I just, I'm an affectionate person, but he won't let me near him. Uh, No communication, no affection, doesn't love me, um, wants to leave me and abandon me. My marriage is in serious trouble um, uh, and my heart's breaking and resentment is lurking at the corner and anger is trying to break down the door and bitterness is on the roof. And she says, and my husband is really helping it. Now, you know, you can't can't blame anything on anybody else. We have to take accountability for our own sin. And I remember a man that used to say to his wife, "Uh, you ruined my life. Did you know nobody can ruin your life but you? You can take everything. God says everything, 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 even when it looks rotten, will work for your good if you love the Lord and you're fitting into his plans is what the old living Bible said problem is my husband is helping the devil she said she felt like she was in the middle of an ocean and yelling for somebody to rescue her and her husband just turns around and walks away so she begs him and he won't talk to her uh he absolutely refuses to give affection uh he barks at her and growls at her um five years ago she said he wanted a divorce and now he says he didn't love her back then and now he still loves her but but um she says that anything that he does for her it just kind of like a dog throwing a bone to some uh, you throwing a dog a bone uh she said her totally she said her husband he's already abandoned her even though he lives under the same roof he's emotionally physically mentally uh abandoned her he's distant toward her anyway she just went on and on and on and i just basically told her i said you just told me how you grew up And she confirmed that. I said, everything you go through, uh, whatever your husband is doing to you or not doing to you, came down through mom and dad. You know, if mom and dad do it right and and you grow up in a home with love and affection and nurture and and care and provision. um, But this woman, uh, when she confirmed to me what she went through, she 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 never lived with her mother. Her mother was emotionally uh, um, unbalanced. Um, she don't remember living with her mother mu- much. That her mother showed favoritism, and on and on and on. No love, no no attention, no nurturing. And um, I, I just said, you know, you're you are how you grew up. You know how we grow up. God says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. The opposite of that is true, train up a child in the way he should not go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. Because how you're trained up sets a default. And it's like a default on a computer. Uh, you know, on a computer, you can you can type a letter and use one. I think there's like, I don't know, I'm guessing, I'm thinking there's like 300 different fonts. But anyway, you can change the font on the uh, to do a letter. And then when you go out of that program and come back, the computer kicks it back to the way the factory tr- set it. And you and I were factory set by how we grew up. And those defaults can be broken the minute we forgive and repent of making judgments on our mothers and fathers. Those defaults can be broken and God can change that negative default. He can change it to a positive one. But anyway, finally, the lady um, she got the message she can understand because she confirmed that 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 ex- what she was going through was exactly how she grew up growing up, and she said, "Well isn't it normal to want to be loved and i said yeah it's it's normal to want to be loved comes in with when, when you make an idol out of it, and the idols come in when when you're neglected as a child or when a parent violates the the word of God in training up a child, he provokes the child to anger now he may not feel angry till fifty years later, but every place that your parent has violated the word of God, that you've got an anger issue and it may not be revealed for 50 years because God doesn't reveal everything at once because we couldn't take it. Deliverance and healing is like peeling an onion. You deal with a layer, which is the the next problem. Whatever you're going through is the layer that God wants to peel. And it's rooted in all rooted in idolatry. And she was, she was wanting, um, a human being to fill that big void in her life, her daddy hole or mother hole that she never had a mom and dad that loved her. And she was looking for her husband to fill a place that only God can fill. No human is ever going to fill your love tank. That's something God has to do. And um, if you are always accusing your mate of not loving you or wanting you, that goes back to mom and dad, forgive them and you'll change for sure. Your mate might change or they may not change, but you won't even care because, see, God is letting people, the turkeys in your life, mirror what you haven't forgiven your mother and father for. And so um, deal with, go in your prayer closet and ask God, whatever problems, if you're married, whatever problems you're having, go in your prayer closet and say, Lord, how does this What my husband or my wife is doing, how does this relate to my own childhood and forgive and break soul ties? It's no use trying to argue or because God calls us to live in peace because the reason I know it don't work, you're not going to change anybody. Only God can change them. But you can change others by changing yourself. And so... So people you know if people complain about their boss, if you just listen, and I can tell you it goes back to their own mother and dad. And so this precious lady was full of bitterness and but now she was finally getting the connection. And the way she was trained up had set a default in her life. things that had been planted, and because she had a wrong image of God, she didn't know she could go to God which most people don't know because parents model for us a picture of what God's like and, and little children don't know they can go to God. So what they do is they, they turn to a promise they make themselves either a, a verbal vow or an inner vow they make. And that sets them up because they judge their mother and father. The scripture says, honor your father and mother that all may be well with you and your days belong on the earth. And so most of our problems, wherever your life is not going well, you can trace it back to violating that scripture of honoring your mother and father. Now, honor doesn't mean that, they, that you have to like them. It doesn't mean you have to pattern your life after them. If they're evil, you don't even have to fellowship with them. It means you forgive them by sundown. That's what honor means. And so when we don't do that, if you don't go to God with your problems, you're turning to something else, and that something else is false God. And I can just tell you some of the false gods in this woman's life is nobody can abandon me. Nobody can leave me. I have to be loved. I have to be valued. I have to be touched. I have to have affection. I have to be able to communicate. I have to be able to talk. All of those things were false gods in this lady's life. Wherever she made a judgment, if she let the sun go down on her anger, and she did, had she turned to God, she wouldn't have had those wounds. But little children don't know they can do that. They turned to an idol and wherever you have an idol, you'll have a button pusher and you have hurt in your life. You have bitterness, you have anger, you have fear, you have depression, and I can just go on and on and on. And until you turn back from that idol, you'll stay wounded and your wounded spirit can only be healed when you let go of the idols. And also it says in Ecclesiastes um, 11 verse 10, remove vexation from your heart and you can put pain out of your body. So if your, body's, if your body is experiencing pain, it's coming out of whatever was stored down in your heart that you have not yet forgiven. You know, the word vexation means grief, sorrow. It means anger and provocation. It means hurt. It's all of those things in idolatry, and it's idolatry because in all of those things, I didn't turn to God. I turned to something else, and I'm still reliving it in the present. And so the fruit of her life was coming out of her mouth. And, you know, if you make an idol out of a person, uh, they'll reject you. They'll shove you. They'll shun you. They'll push you away. You make an idol out of somebody and you're just wanting to jump through the hoops. You just want to grovel for their affection, grovel for their attention. You just want, if you're married, you just want your hands on them all the time. Um, I know one lady whose husband had made an idol out of her And she would come home in the afternoon from work And one day he kissed her 135 times And he wasn't even wanting sex He just couldn't keep his hands off of her And she wanted to say, "Ah, get away And so when you make an idol out of somebody You'll always, they'll always turn on you Hey, God says you'll have no other gods before him And he's the one that allows them to reject you And so uh, what a man sows, he will also reap. Sowing and reaping is a principle that's real whether we believe it or not. The love of sowing and reaping says you you get the same thing more than you plant later than you plant, the same thing. And you and I were born with a garden full of weeds from our forefathers just because they didn't take accountability for their sin we're born with a crop of stuff growing in our spiritual gardens because the sins of the fathers passed on to the children to the third and fourth generation. And sanctification is a lifelong process. God tells us to work out our salvation with fear and tremble, trembling. And all these weeds in our spiritual garden are areas that God wants to sanctify. And he does it, you don't pull your whole you don't pull it all up at once, it's just little by little. Exodus fifteen says God doesn't drive out the enemy in one day uh, he does it little by little, and we can only enter God's rest when we trust God and we enter his rest that's in Hebrews three and four and failure to work out your issues you'll be like this a uh, sluggard in Proverbs twenty four, which says in Proverbs twenty four thirty, I passed by the field of a sluggard and by the vineyard of a man lacking sense, and behold it was completely overgrown. So you get the picture of a man, he's just kind of neglecting his garden and the fence is down, it's overgrown with thorns and thistles, his face was covered with nettles, and his stone wall was broken down. Now that's the picture of Isaiah five. And I can tell you the man's in distress. This is when I saw. I look. I reflected upon it. I looked and received instructions. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then your your poverty will come like a robber, and your want like an armed man. And so the problem is the next thing that God wants to fix, whatever is manifesting in your spiritual garden or in your life that that's not. Approved by God. Um, God wants to fix it, and He He lets the the problem points you to the next thing because His Word says that He don't drive them out in one day. So it says, lest you be overwhelmed by it. Can you imagine if God showed us everything? You know, I can tell you, I'm totally submitted to God right now. But God, there's more tomorrow. God's going to show me something else. But suppose he showed me everything I've done one, at one time in 80 years. I couldn't take it. Neither could you. So he's so merciful. He shows it little by little. And when you deal with these things, when he shows you something, you know, most people don't look for the answers. You know, God gave Daniel extraordinary wisdom, knowledge, insight, dreams, interpretation of dreams, explanation of enigmas, and solving of difficult problems. He tells us in James 5 that if we want, that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives liberally and upbraids not. Now, let, this, this reminds me of another problem. If you ask God, you may have a problem believing God's going to answer you because your mother and daddy would never tell you the answers to anything. And see that you've got to forgive mother and father for their poor, giving you a poor image of God. Most people didn't have a dad and mom to love them, protect them, nurture them, and they just t- had to take care of themselves. Um, most people didn't have a, a daddy that would answer their questions. Maybe he worked all the time. Maybe he was drunk when he came home. Maybe he didn't talk to you. So you've got to deal with those things by forgiving your mother and father for their failures. And I encourage you to make a long list of the negatives of your mother and father and start forgiving them one by one. Don't say I forgive them for all these things because in deliverance, you have to forgive my dad for not being there. I forgive him for being a faithful to my mother. I forgive him for being a couch potato. I forgive him for not value me and do this with your mother and your father. So get to get free. Uh, first of all, you have to be born again.
0: <clears throat>
1: Are you soil one? <clears throat> Are you soil two? Are you soil three? Are you soiled for? The scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away. And behold, all things become new. I'm not talking about believing with head knowledge. And, you know, if you have a doubt about your born-again experience, uh, I strongly... Uh, believe that you probably have not been born again when you're born again you are still a work in progress and you will be to the day you die but you know something happened in your heart that you can't doubt you know that you know that you know that you know you know i accepted the lord of the billy graham crusade in 1958 but i wasn't born again till 1963 I kept cussing. I kept doing the same things I was doing. I, there was no dependence. Um, but in 1963, I was born again, and everything about me changed. And that was just the beginning. I'm still changing, and I turned to 80 in February. I'm still changing, and I'm going to change every day as long as I live because every, every time you change, you change from glory to glory to glory to glory. As I peel the onion of my life, and I look for the reasons why certain things are manifested in my life. And I can tell you it gets easier than it did when, you know, at first. When I first got saved, I thought I probably did God a favor. And then now I'm wondering why he didn't save me. I have people call me and say, you know, I've been deliverance. I've went through deliverance. Well, let me tell you something. Every day is a day of deliverance. Deliverance is just James 4, 7. Give yourself to God and resist the devil and he'll flee. And I deal, you know what, I do very little spiritual warfare. Uh, I just deal with God, and it's the devil. He has to leave. But I don't do spiritual warfare, but, you know, God's the one that lets the devil get to us. And most people think they have a devil problem when they really have a God problem. And then uh, be born again. <clears throat> and that means, you know, if there's never been a time in your life since you were born again that you denied yourself take up your cross and follow the lord then um be willing to deny yourself because jesus said if any man would come after me he must deny himself take up his cross and follow me and then look at the fruit that's being produced in your life is it good fruit is it the fruit of the spirit love joy peace long suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness self-control or is it the deeds of the flesh Ask the Holy Spirit to show you the root after you forgive your mother and father for never showing you anything Um, and what kind of seed that's been planted and how was it planted? What happened to you? How, when, what, where, and how or how much? Confess your sin to God. Forgive those who've hurt you. Repent of letting the sun go down on your anger. Uh, Repent of the judgments of not honoring your mother and father. And deal with generational issues Look what's coming down the bloodline Break soul ties And then pull down uproot And pluck out And then build and replant By putting good things In the place of the negative negative. Um, and so I'm just going to wait Just about a few seconds And I'm sure the Lord's shown you things That you need to repent of But ask the Lord Lord show me the truth That sets me free And uh, think about what's manifesting in your life. What is it that's negative in your life? And ask the Holy Spirit how it got there. Uh, If it's perversion or lust, maybe you were molested when you were a little girl or a little boy. Or maybe you looked at pornography or maybe whatever. But if 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 there's lust manifesting in your life or perversion, you know that there were seeds of perversion planted in your life either generationally or anything, something that happened to you, something that you did. And you have to break soul ties because through soul ties, uh, a person gets a part of you and you get a part of them. Then you get their, their demons, their familiar spirits, their emotional problems, mental problems, addictions. And women get the DNA of whoever they have sex with. But praise God, all this can be broken through repentance. Jesus, uh, I mean, the word of God says, If you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Now, I'm going to lead you in repentance. And if you can agree, pray this with me. Father, I ask you to forgive me for not being willing to deny myself and take up my cross and follow you. Father, in Jesus' name, I present my body to you as a living sacrifice. I offer up to you my members as instruments of righteousness. I give you my will that your will might prevail. I ask, Lord, for the truth that sets me free in the name of Jesus. Lord, forgive me for feeling hopeless, broken, beat down, and worthless. Thank you, Lord, that because Christ lives in me, because I have yielded my life to you, I'm worth what I contain. And, Lord, I contain you, the King of glory, the King of the universe, and that should do something about how I feel about myself. Thank you that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you that when I'm weak, not when I'm strong, but when I'm weak, your strength is made perfect in my weakness. Lord, forgive me for being the unbelieving soil that just the birds get the word as you sow it. Forgive me, Lord, for being the uh, the soil that produces, um, that uh, le- lets the worries, cares, and pleasures and desire for other things to choke out the word. Forgive me that I've hardened my heart and I've received the word with joy. But, Lord, when circumstances come, I fell away because I didn't, I didn't want to die to my flesh. Lord, I ask you to show me how to plow up uh, so I can sow with a view to righteousness and I can reap with according, with, according to kindness. And, Lord, I ask you to cleanse my heart of generational stuff that came down generationally in the name of Jesus. The seeds that were planted generationally of perversion, of anger, of bitterness, of sickness, of distress, of disease, of anger, of hostility, of revenge, of grudges. Lord, all the way back to Adam and Eve, I ask you to start with Adam and Eve and let your cleansing blood flow down through my bloodline, washing away any ground Satan's had in my life through these things. Lord, I break soul ties with my forefathers. I ask you to cleanse my heart from all defilement by the blood of Jesus. Lord, forgive me for not taking care of my spiritual garden. Forgive me for being like the man in Proverbs 24, uh, being a sluggard and not taking care to get rid of the thorns and thistles and the weeds from my spiritual garden. Forgive me for not tending my vineyard. Forgive me for not producing good fruit, only worthless things. Which would cause you to remove the hedge and there be a cry of distress. Forgive me for being like Ephraim to tread down and tramp down my garden. Forgive me for not being like Judah that plows and Jacob that harrows. Forgive me for not sowing good things. Forgive me for not blessing other people. Lord, forgive me for sowing evil. Through the things that the sins that I've committed, the words I speak, and the and the actions that I've committed, forgive me, Lord, for hurting others, and I forgive every person who's hurt me. God, forgive me for all the people I've held unforgiveness toward. I choose by an act of my will to forgive them, knowing that vengeance is yours and you will repay. Forgive me for all the times I've let the sun go down on my anger. Forgive me for not honoring my mother and father. Forgive me, Lord, for wickedness, showing unrighteousness. Lord, forgive me for sowing iniquity that would cause me to reap vanity. Forgive me for sowing good sparingly. Forgive me for, um, Lord, I've been been reaping uh, a lot because I've sown a lot of negative things. And I ask you, Lord, to have mercy on me and forgive me. Forgive me for being deceived Lord forgive me that For to the flesh <clears throat> Lord forgive me for um, The wrong words That would cause me to Not be satisfied with good Cause me to see Things that are returning to me Good or evil Lord, I ask you to forgive me for defilement. Forgive me for being a Pharisee, just for having a religious spirit. Lord, forgive me for um, murder. Forgive me for evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, slander. Lord, I've defiled myself by these things. Forgive me for saying I was just kidding and and deceiving people, throwing around uh, firebrands and death. Help me abide in your word, Lord. Lord, show me the things that are going on if I'm married. What I can't stand about my mate and trace that back to my mother and father and forgive them for everything that's happening to me in the present. I forgive my parents for not giving me any love, no communication, not talking to me, uh, not uh, taking care of me, not providing for me, not instructing me, guiding me. I forgive my parents for training me up in the way I shouldn't go. Lord, I forgive my parents for abandonment, for for, uh, that I had to take care of myself. I forgive them for putting the government on my shoulders. Forgive me for all the times I've let the sun go down on my anger. Forgive me for bitterness. Lord, in Jesus' name, forgive me for being like the man who doesn't take care of his garden. Now, Lord, I want to pull down, uproot, and pluck out, in Jesus' name, what you've shown me needs to come out at this moment, in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I pray that you help me change that negative for positive, in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus' I take it forgive me for idolatry, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Forgive me for wanting someone else to fill the look my love tank, the empty void in my heart. Uh, forgive me for trying to depend on a person to be only what you could be to me, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you to open my blind eyes. I pray you forgive me for fretting and stewing. Forgive me for anger. Uh God, forgive me for um not believing your word. Lord I receive you. As my savior and Lord. Forgive me for being bitter. Forgive me for perversion and pornography. Turning to other things. To false gods. Forgive me for my involvement in the occult. Premasonry. Uh, Lord I renounce Indian ancestry. And their satanic rituals. Uh, forgive me for adultery. And fornication. Forgive me for involvement in cults. Um, God, forgive me for addictions, lust, homosexuality. God, in the name of Jesus, forgive me for sexual perversion. Lord, help me in the name of Jesus to not be a sluggard, to take care of my spiritual garden in the name of Jesus. Praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I break soul ties with every person, that I've sinned with, sinned against, or who sinned against me. Uh, In Jesus' name, I break soul ties with my mother and father. Forgive me for not honoring them. Forgive me for turning to false gods. I break the demonic defaults of being trained up in the way they should not go. In Jesus' name, I command every demonic spirit to leave each person that hears this message. In Jesus' name, I break your power over every life in the name, power, blood, and authority of Jesus. The word spirit means breath, so just take a deep breath and blow out. In Jesus' name, I break your power over every life. I break the power of pain, vexation, hurt, cation, idolatry. I command you to go. I command all vexation of heart to go. Lord, cleanse their hearts by the blood of Jesus from all defilement. In the name of Jesus, bless the Lord. Praise you, Lord. Give Jesus a praise because he is your deliverer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. If you would like personal prayer, you can call back at 646-595-4784. And don't forget to press 1, and I'll be happy to pray for you. Uh, you can contact me at McGee at sbcglobal.net. That's G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E. At S like Sam, B like boy C like cat global Dot net, I love to hear What God's done in people's lives So I, I'd i be glad To answer you back if you email Me and um, We will be back the, the first Thursday First Tuesday of April And we're the first and the third Tuesdays of each month at 6pm To 8pm I wish you would invite people to listen in Um, You can go on our website at jerrymcgee.com, and there's probably at least about a 100 messages you can listen to for free, and uh, they all have deliverance prayers, and uh, there's um, books that you can order. There's a book called Clearing the Land, and it's uh, a little repentance book, and actually you can get deliverance just going through that book, and you can order that online. Um, also there's a book on, um, resetting life's negative reaping patterns, which is more of what I'm talking about tonight. There's a book on grief, exchanging sorrow for joy, a little book I wrote on rejection, my son's testimony of him dying of AIDS 13 days before he died of AIDS is on there. You can watch that. You can also watch that on YouTube. And, um, Abiding Life Ministries is a faith ministry And we are supported by your gifts And we appreciate whatever you could give to help us But we're not in the ministry for money Uh, We're in because we want to help people But it costs money to run an office So if you can help us, we'd be grateful And if you can't, well, Jehovah Jireh is our provider Also, the lady that sponsors this program You can send her a gift at D for Dorothy Churchy, C-H-U-R-C-H-Y, at hotmail.com. Also, I have a Duncanville, Texas meeting uh, the first Saturday of every month at the Hilton Garden Inn, and that's at Interstate 20 and exit 462 in Duncanville, Texas. It's free to attend. If you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth-Duncanville Um, Area we'd love to have you come It starts at 10 o'clock And we meet in the Penn Springs room And when you go by The front desk go back down the hall And you'll see a room that says Penn Springs Anyway if you'd like to schedule A seminar in your area Or want to get together a group of people And do a meeting I'll be happy To come if you'll email me And um, I hope you'll listen Again And I thank you so much for listening. Also, if you need want uh, personal ministry, you can go to Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. We'll I'll be there April the, the 18th through the 21st, 2019, and that's in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And you can go on their website, lakehamiltonbiblecamp.com and get information. It's very inexpensive to go, but we have prayer teams that pray um, every morning for people some really anointed people on our prayer team and uh anyway the lord bless you if that's uh, if no one calls in i'm just going to close now and just say may the lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you more peace god bless you